everyone, this is Joshua. I want to welcome you to a much different broadcast, but we have a lot of much different broadcasts, it seems, lately. So grateful for the variety of guests from all walks of life that come on, and today will be no different. I actually have no idea who today's guest is. I don't believe we've ever spoken. Um, and the, frankly, the communication between myself and the people involved in making this interview happen is not the greatest thing in the world, but it's also understandable considering they are locked up in a shadow prison. Um, we've done several broadcasts. You can go to the civil justice category under video at joshuatberglund.com and see some of the other past interviews we've done uh, with some of the people that have been locked away. Um, I don't know if unjustly is the right word or not, but I believe what's happening to these men is illegal. It's wrong. It's definitely not right. And um, it's kind of screwed up. And we've done several different broadcasts, uh, whether it was the old network, the Lithmana network, which was through our foundation uh, that we've recently we're actually in the process of shutting down. And the reason why we're shutting down our nonprofit is simply people are not passionate, um, I guess, or passionate enough to want to give to a nonprofit media organization. Um, my wife and I have done everything possible to serve in a big way and to give away all of our services. We gave away our network while we had it and then uh, had to let that go. And it, while it sucks to have to uh, make the choice to close down something that I believe in. There's also a smarter way sometimes to do things. I believe that God gives us visions and, you know, how the steps to get there are not always, <laughs> not always consistent, uh, you know, and sometimes you have to, we have to, you know, use trial and error, try different things. Uh, the vision that we have remains. It's actually the vision stronger than ever of what we want to do with media. Uh, we've just changed our strategy. And again, I mean, there's so many causes to give to, and we did not do a good job of fundraising. And that's what it takes to be a nonprofit because we were giving away all of our services. We just trusted that people would donate. Um, and few did, or, you know, not enough to keep everything going. So we've shifted our focus and shifted the way that we're going about serving. And that's why if you've listened to my other broadcast at joshuatberglund.com um, or any of the places that we distribute to, um, you'll, you've heard me talk about buy one, give one. And all of the services at joshuatberglund.com under the pricing tab are buy one, give one. That means anything you buy, including memberships to the video broadcast, you have the opportunity to give one away. And at the time of purchase, you just make it known who you want it to go to. And uh, we make sure that happens. Um, so again, the mission continues, but it requires finances to be able to do what God's put on our heart to do with media and our role in providing media resources uh, providing distribution, providing media education, media literacy, strategy. Um, and with media, that comes into merchandise. So if you're wanting to create a product for distribution, uh, if you want to create a TV show, a podcast, a movie, a book, an audio book, um, you want to create a skincare line, believe it or not, the strategy 
to do any of that is virtually the same. Um, distributing a product and distributing a movie are not much different. I know that sounds wild, but once you figure that out, you will also figure out, oh my gosh, well, if I can do that, then I can do this. And if I can do that, then I can do that. And then I can do that and I can do that. And then all of a sudden you realize you have all of the knowledge that you need to be your own media organization. Now, of course, there's, there's steps and there's mistakes that can be made and all of that. But the truth is that anyone can do it. If I can do it, I don't have an education. I barely have five brain cells and I've managed to run an independent media organization. I did it with no money for a long time. And, uh, but I still was able to do what it was that I was called to do. And um, while we were not able to give in the way that we wanted to give, and that was the whole purpose, um, or one of the main purposes of our foundation, now I just get to do it in a much different way. And for all the students that we had and you know the media trainings that people were a part of, super grateful for them and super grateful to still have relationships with a lot of them. And uh, we're getting to help in a different way now. And that's great. And to be honest with you, I'm not trying to bash anyone that has their own streaming TV network or their own podcast network, but the truth is you don't even need that. The future is self-hosting. The future is independent media. And that's exciting, if you ask me. Any moment, the phone will be ringing and our guest, who I don't know, and maybe Jeremiah, but I don't know if I know Jeremiah. Anyway, um, I am excited to have you here. And I'm going to take a quick, pa quick pause. And for when the phone starts ringing, uh, we'll come back. See you in a second. And we're back. Hello. This is a prepaid debit call from a client at the most like secure treatment. Well, now I definitely don't know who's calling. Hello, you are called for subject to monitor and may be recorded. Your call will now be connected. Thank you for using GTL. Hello, it's Jeremiah Johnson calling. Hello, Jeremiah Johnson. How are you? About the podcast scheduled for Native Americans. Uh, yes, sir. We are on the air right now as we speak. All right. Thank you. I would like to bring attention to uh, Mana, Live Mana Worldwide dot org that has Native Americans in the institution of Bullet Lake MSOP that have we are hindered to our cultural I would, yeah. sir, I, Jeremiah, I apologize to interrupt you. I just wanted to correct you really quick. We shut down our foundation. Um, actually, I just got done talking about that in the intro. And I'm going to give you all the time in the world. Our mission has continued, but we had to shut down the foundation because of uh, lack of funding just to be clear with you, but we are still committed to helping you all and making sure that your voices are heard, especially uh, the Native Americans who have had so much taken and robbed from them. 
and to try to interfere with your uh, your faith and that that to me in itself is worth amplifying to the world. So I'll let you continue. I just wanted to make sure uh, that you understood that we are operating independently now because of lack of funding, but we are committed to still serving you all. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. And, Sir. And through this introduction, we have about 30 Native Americans here in the facility, and we're not by Department of Human Services uh, and a mental dental prison. And one of the uh, few of the things I would like to touch on is our limited Native American spiritual services. Um, we have a talking circle on Wednesdays, and we have a pipe ceremony on Sunday. And good be able to respond don't allow us to do it on Sunday. We can only have a pipe ceremony on Sunday, which that's the interest of our cultural and spirituality. And through this, we're also limited in spiritual items, such as uh, medicine bags that we wear that are one of our spiritual items. They need to be stolen to gut. And when they're stolen to gut, they can also be searched at any time. And doing a search of our physical items are ones not or has uh, madness in their heart. It's not good for them to be such an item. Oh wow. And also all of our spiritual items, not everything is considered a spiritual item. For example, uh, small rock and well, or not Native American or not familiar with the culture and spirituality say that that rock is not a spiritual item you just picked it up off the ground but in the Native American culture everything that inanimate is has a spirit to it and so the institution would desecrate our beliefs uh, by something that's not and our services our advisors, our spiritual advisors are limited to mental defense process. No one with a criminal record can come in here because spiritual advisors are Native American services. And also, no Native American can be related to anybody in here to become a spiritual advisor with it. And uh, Native American community that it's kind of hard to find a person not related to you and who is a spiritual advisor. Wow. And so the next one is our limited tobacco use. Uh, uh, tobacco in the Native American culture and spirituality. Tobacco is central to our belief and we're not able to tobacco to pray with daily, such as life for holding the tobacco in our hands and put all this to make offerings. And in our pipe ceremonies that we do get, we only get a quarter of ounce, quarter ounce of tobacco per five people in our ceremony. We don't have enough tobacco to make tobacco ties or make any other spiritual offerings. 
Jeremiah, can, can you tell us why? Because not all, not everyone knows why tobacco is so important uh, to Native Americans. Do you mind sharing that? Because some people are like, yeah, you just want to buzz. You just want to smoke your cigarette. Like that would be some people's attitude. So can you speak uh, to educate the audience on why this matters? Tobacco has been in the United States forever before Europeans showed up and started abusing the, abusing the plant. And when we utilize tobacco, we hold this in our hand, the essence of our life, our prayers, through, through our touch, through our sweat, through our skin. It's put into this tobacco while we pray. When we set this tobacco down, these prayers are going into the spirit world. And when we, as Native Americans, when we talk about the spirit world, we're not talking about, we're not talking about a God. We're not talking about HD. We're not talking about a mother, a mother Mary. We're talking about every living, every living thing in the world, including the blades of grass, the rocks, the, the air molecules, the oxygen molecules within the water, the their pets, everything that has a spirit. When we utilize this tobacco and the essence of our life is put into this tobacco with our prayers, and we make this offering, all of these spirits are touched with this prayer. And so it's sacred to us once we utilize and when people say you just want to utilize nicotine, you just want to smoke. We, when we use the pipe and we smoke, we don't inhale. The only thing that we do when when we're not putting the tobacco down and offering it, we're putting it in a pipe to to smoke. We're pumping on the pipe. We're not inhaling this item because when we pump on the pipe, this smoke that comes through that we're creating it's taking our prayers off into, into the spirit world wow wow i didn't know that that's so cool now i understand why this is important to you wow Yeah, that makes, um, I have my issues with Christianity with how they've gone about their business. And I mean that literally, um, but it, it disturbs me how they've infringed in these other rules and the people in charge of MSOP have infringed on your, 
your rights to spirituality and practicing your religion, your faith, your spirituality as you feel is, I mean, that's been with you longer than they've been alive. I mean, that's really troubling right. to me that they would mess with that because this, the way that you describe that has given me a whole other appreciation and understanding uh, for the Native American belief system. And I, I just, and I, I know how I would feel if somebody tried to infringe with my beliefs. Uh, so my, my heart hurts for you, man. I, this is, this is not good. Any, you guys, anytime. Ah, oh, man. Stupid GTL. Wow. I don't know who else is calling. I didn't. I. I. I had his name. That kind of blew my mind. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. That. That. That was not what I was expecting to hear. And I would be pissed. Like, look, my beliefs on spirituality have changed. Here's another call. Uh, everything has changed for me with the way I believe. 
but I also have a respect for any belief system, even if I don't necessarily agree with it or understand it. But this happening to me is a is awful. It's awful. Hello, this is a free call from a client at the Moose Lake Secure Treatment Facility. To accept this free call, press zero. To calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be selected. Thank you for using GTL. Hello. Hello, who am I talking to? My name is Joshua. How you doing, Peter? I'm well. I'm well. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, KJ here, Jeremiah Johnson, referred me to you, and I understand you'd like to hear about some of the conditions we live in here. I do, and also I want you to pass a message to Jeremiah that um, my wife works with the tribe, and if there's any messages that we can can get to them to help you guys. Oh, Jeremiah. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that my wife works with the tribe, and if there's any, like, I don't know what we can do as far as getting a message to them or helping get them involved or anything like that, but uh, we are full supporters of the tribe here. And I know there's multiple tribes, but we would genuinely care about your right to practice your faith. And uh, so we, we won't be silent and you can call me anytime. Anything we can do, we'll do. All right, go for it, Peter. Share the heart, share your heart, the floor is yours. Been here for 15 years. Uh, before I came here, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Mandan, uh, Indian from North Dakota, and we're, I got two relations and I follow the tradition. And I live here in Minnesota, and I caught a case here in Minnesota and got locked up. And long story short, I ended up here. Uh, well, before I came here, I was in prison, and uh, I was a, a pipe carrier in prison, and uh, I'm fluent in my language, and I, I teach the language, the culture, the songs, the, hmm. uh, the ceremonies, uh, things like that. And uh, after being a pipe carrier in prison for about 10 years, I came here, and I've been a pipe carrier here for the last 15 years. I'm the principal type character in here. I'm kind of the oldest of these years old. So I, uh, I teach the language class here. Um, I conduct the ceremony. Uh, I conduct way too many memorials this week, so I'll say that. Um, we got quite a little group here, about 30, 40 uh, natives. Uh, some of them are are even white or Mexican, and I consider them everyone inclusive in our group. Uh, and non-discrimination. But for the most part, being a group of the Kota type carrier here, we really adhere to the white buffalo captain by Swamper brought us was not only a type, but the promise of a new life from seven directions all the whole box. Before she brought the seven directions, we 
we applied the four directions and, and then she came, which was about 400 years ago. Um, we applied the seven directions. I, I wrote a book that's called uh, The 28 Days of the Most Sacred Coup of Medicine. About a 700 page book. Wow. Um, and some of the schools out there in Dakotas are, are considering it in the curriculum, but I haven't heard from them. Um, I know about a thousand native songs. Um, you have one minute remaining. I'm going to run out of time here. Um, it's okay if I call you back. Yes, sir, of course. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a call right back. Hang on. Yes, sir. Thank you for using GTA. This is the way it goes. The way we communicate, um, they usually have 15 minutes. Sometimes it's five. I think five is the least I've phone call I've had, maybe even two minutes. But how would you feel if you weren't allowed to practice your spirituality? Even if you were, were a Satanist, which is really the worship of self. But like, if you couldn't practice, I mean, think about it. The Church of Satan is fighting for the right to perform abortions and child sacrifice. It's probably a goof, probably a joke just to piss people off. But nonetheless, you know, people are fighting for their right. We should all have the right to practice our faith or not. It seems like it's a God-given right. It should be. Hello, this is a free call from... A client in the most like secure treatment facility. To accept this free call, press zero. Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be suspended. Thank you for using GTL. All right, Josh, just to continue, uh, I only got another five minutes. So, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Floor's yours. Um, I'm uh, we would like to have a pipe ceremony every week, I mean, every morning to wake up and have some a little bit more liberal um, policy instead of so much with regard to our ceremony like that, but uh, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have and uh, always try to improve. I do want to say something. My family's doing really well. I'm talking to everybody. They go ahead and me. He's grown up to be the most decent man I've ever known. He has six children. I love him to death. They're nice. Trying every day in my heart to get out of here so I can breathe, reunite with my family. Um, and uh, prayer is one of my um, motives. My belief of what drives me. They will feel like until I die. Uh, but I appreciate all you're doing here and um, um, trying to help us out here. Uh, we could use all the help we can get. Um, is this going online? Is that how this works? Uh, 
Yeah, it'll be through video, audio. I'm gonna, the, the video element will be different than what I normally do just because you're not on screen with me. Um, but it'll be distributed. The transcript will be distributed. The audio will be distributed and so will the video. Well, again, I'll always try to make things better. Uh, if we get this started or do we get released, we want to leave things better than, than we found them. So, uh, along with, the, like I said, the, the, all the teachings, the sacred pipe, Okashula will come talk about what you want to do. Uh, that is a great uh, comfort to have those here uh, helping us with us Peter I I've uh, you guys are always in my prayers but the more of you I get to meet uh, even virtually the more love I have for you all and the more respect I have for your situation and that you're continuing to fight uh, your hope uh, is infectious and if anything I I want you to know that you you speaking to me today has relit my fire to want to help you all. And uh, you and um, the other gentleman, Jeremiah, as well. I, I'm, I'm grateful for both of you. I really am. And I'll be praying for both of you, all of you. I bless you, man. Okay. Bye-bye. I like Peter. I like Jeremiah, too. I don't know if I've ever talked to Jeremiah. Sometimes the only thing people have is their faith. Faith, hope. Faith leads to hope. If you have a little bit of faith, you can have a little bit of hope. and. Having a little bit of hope is better than no hope. Because a little bit of hope will give you an excuse to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep believing. I've talked to some of the men there that don't have hope and have given up and they would kill themselves if they could. Oh, that one sucks. I don't know who this is, but here we go, round three. Hello? Yeah, what's your name? Plum. Jacob Plum? Yeah. Very nice to meet you. You are on the air. So, I was 21 years old. I got committed June, right before my birthday. Um, my last offense, I was like 18 years old, and they consider me a juvenile offender. Um, I have one one charge offense as an adult. Um, you know, I, I did come here with a diagnosis, and then I've gotten six different diagnoses since I've been here, and then they finally just took it off recently. I have been arguing with them for the last seven years about how I feel about my diagnosis, and it seems like they, uh, they don't listen. They they use their own excuses and 
jump around the DSM-5 as if, as if it doesn't exist. Um, but when we bring up arguments out of the DSM-5 about how they're supposed to be following it, uh, they just kind of dis, um, dismiss it and come up with their own justifiers for why they give us the diagnosis that they give us. They uh, seem to play around with our, our spiritual practices. They've taken away our tobacco a couple times for the Native American services. They uh, didn't let us build a sweat lodge for two years. And once we finally build the sweat lodge, they aren't letting us go to it until they hire a volunteer and they're not even trying to hustle or hire a volunteer. Um, so those are some of the things that I've dealt with in the last seven years, um, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, now I'm going to the SRB cap process and that's basically to get out of here. And the only arguments they have against me are um, because I don't go to group and because I'm immature due to my young age. And I guess in their mind, that's the reason to keep me locked up. I, I, I see this as a prison, you know, I don't see this as a treatment center, and, uh, you know, my resentments are what kind of keeps me from trusting this place, and I don't believe that it's here to treat me, I believe they're here to keep me locked up to justify keeping the community safe, so, that's pretty much all I got. What, hey, I actually want to hear from your perspective, because um, I've heard all about the quote-unquote treatment program. Why don't you tell everybody really quick with the time you have left what submitting to treatment really means? Because it's not what people think. Right. Yeah, submitting to treatment here is basically allowing them to conduct your life for you. Um, you know, it, it goes in all aspects of job, who you can talk to, and that's that's like phone calls. They can take away your phone calls whenever they want. They can um, they can switch off phone numbers. They can restrict you from having visits with certain people. Um, you know, one of my friends is going through a situation where he wants to have contact with his um, one of his family members as a kid and they're not letting him do it even though his PO said he could. So it's things like that. Um, they can control your job, they can take away your job whenever they want. Um, they can tell you what classes you need to go to as far as education, even if you don't need it. They can investigate you to different types of they hook your penis up to a, a flipping cord and test what you're attracted to. They, they show you pictures of child pornography and see if you're attracted to that and somehow get away with that. What the um, yeah, yeah, they have uh, pictures of small children in underwear. You have one minute remaining. And, and wearing revealing clothing, wearing lipstick. Um, you know, they have uh, lie detector tests that they can give you at any point in time when they feel like it to see if you're lying to them or if you're, or just because they want to. There's no prime or reason of what they do when it comes to treatment, quote oh unquote. Um, yeah. That, that is wrong on every level. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you have anyone you want to say hi to? Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to my mom, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. She's in Arizona. Getting things done and doing her thing, so I'd like to give a shout out to her. Love it, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank is, you. Is man. it? Have is it? You too. Is anyone else calling? Oh, okay, cool. All right, man. See you, brother. Thank you. Yep. Mm. Thank you for using GTL.
this is kind of fun. I mean, if it wasn't so sad, it's fun. It's like having call-in radio all of a sudden. I should have had some bits planned in between these breaks. God, I can't even imagine. I've heard just awful stories. But I mean, the simple fact that they're showing child porn to the prisoners to test them is so messed up in itself. Like, it seems like some kind of horrible psy-op, uh, what do you call it when you're you're setting someone up for failure when your your entrapment is the word. It feels like entrapment. So screwed up. Golly. With another person? I had no idea all the people calling today. This is fun. Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be accepted. Thank you for using PTL. Hello, who am I speaking with? Mike Blue. Mike Blue, nice to meet you, yeah. sir. Uh, no, you're you're on right now. <laughs> this is like it's like calling radio, man. Uh, you can just share whatever's on your heart. The floor is yours, man. I've been studying it for a long time now. I've been committed now for 30 years. And what I'm just abhorred by is the fact that the commissioner has hired an army of psychologists who aren't trained and properly used the DSM. And since the DSM-5 came out in 2012, it's still not using it appropriately. They rewrote the DSM-5 because of the civil commitment that are going on in this country. And one of the things that they did with the TSM-5 is they said, look, you can't just say that people have these disorders. You have to prove it. And that's what they've been doing. They've been taking all these psychologists and, and, and their family therapists, and social workers to say, I'm using the TSM-5 and I think that you have a disorder and that's good enough and nobody could ever fail. Well, what's going to happen now is the, thing, the, the game has changed and now it's been the court. And everybody is still fighting us all the way. That our lawyers are fighting us. The people that they say are experts are fighting us. The state fighting us. The judges are fighting us, and they're stopping us from bringing up the fact that they're all misusing the DSM-5. What I find funny and really interesting is that the, this this facility and the state hospitals are basically were printed from the boarding. And that's what they are. It's just a boarding school on, on, on steroids. It's just remade. And this is what they're doing. They're still committed to the same, same rate that they use the boarding school. Just sequester and shut people up. The same thing happens with, um, in, in regards to the disorders. They're, so they're misdiagnosing and they're overdiagnosing people in here. And it's surprising to me how it, it, it doesn't get, it, the tribes don't get involved. What's going on with these guys that have
You seem to have, uh, I've, I mean, I've heard some of this before, but it seems like you're coming from a different place than some of the other stories that I've heard. How long have you been there again? I was committed in 
Oh yeah. my God. It's a mess. It's a, it's a horrible mess. This is for politics. This is for, this is for, to destroy people's lives. They're using civil commitment for a purpose it's not supposed to be. And anybody with the germ of intelligence can tell you if somebody had a disorder. You gotta remember what a disorder is. A disorder is something that takes away your religion and takes away your ability to be So it just goes to show. If somebody committed a crime and they couldn't stop themselves from doing it, they don't need mens rea. They can't be criminally convicted because they're not responsible. It's the disease that made them do it. It's the sickness that made them do it. That's why we have state hospitals because we put people in those state hospitals because we're not we're not bent up on revenge, you know, to, to, to hurt them. We want to cure them and get them on with their life. But they don't do that if it's sort of what they do. Okay. Now that these guys, guys are done with their prison, we have to let them go. Let's pretend they're mentally ill. Let's pretend they're severely disordered. Let's say that. Let's get our army of trained, or uh, our army of psychologists who aren't trained to diagnostic to say they have a disorder and we can do whatever we want with them. That's what they do. And our lawyers are so bad. They have so much to how to fuck. And that's why I'm in right now. I have a case that's pending in front of the Court of Appeals. I'm trying to fight for my right to represent myself. When I went into the cab, they found out what I was going to do with the questions that I was going to ask. And they found out, and they immediately said, No, you're not going to ask any questions. Here's an attorney. They gave me an attorney who wasn't trained. He admitted that he wasn't trained and gave him to any kind of state. This is the guy that's going to represent you. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so, now, so now I'm in the Court of Appeals and I'm fighting for the right to represent myself. An alleged person spoke to me so insane that I can't control myself. But here's the thing, another thing. Here's how this, it's just full of lies upon lies upon, upon lies. If I can't stop myself from raping women, then why are you putting me in a locked room with them? If I, if I can't control myself. Fair argument. Happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lie. They, they don't just do one thing wrong, they do everything wrong. Everything is set on the, and it all comes, it all stems. That is the, the proverbial snowball that you You have one minute remaining. So that's what I wanted to share with you, Bergland, and I hope that uh, I'll, I'll leave that with you, let you let the people have that. If you ever want to talk to me again, just let me know. Hey, Mike, do you want to say hi or give a shout out to anyone? Well, man, I, I'm rooting for you, bro. Rooting for you guys. See you, man. Bye. Thank you for using GTL. I don't know if anyone else is calling. I should have asked. <laughs> I like him, too. It. I mean, these guys are locked up. Civil commitment. Shadow prison. Supposedly the worst criminals, sex offenders on the planet. And there's, I, 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 and I just don't see it. I just don't see it. 
I, I mean, I've gotten to know so many of their stories. And um, the craziest one out of the bunch that I've talked to, and I love him too, and I mean that respectfully, he's the craziest one because the damage that was done to him, he's innocent too, and he's got proof of it. God bless. One more call. Cool. Hello, this is a free call from GTL. Wait, my free call. Accept this free call. Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be accepted. Which mic is this? Mike Whipple. How you doing, sir? <laughs> Well, you're on the air, feel free to talk, man. You are, you can share anything that's on your heart. You can say hi to anyone you want. It like this, the, this is your opportunity to speak. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, really, I would. I. I. <laughs> um. I've been letting you all just say whatever you need to say, but if you don't mind sharing, like, tell me how you got thrown in into MSOP. are you participating in the treatment program or have you 
I don't I don't blame you by the way. Let me ask you this how are you keeping your spirits up because you don't sound like you want to put a bullet in your head like some of the people i've spoken to in the past what's keeping your spirit so strong Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, just share any, I mean, anything that you want to say, man, you get it out. Like this is your tent, your, your opportunity. Okay. Well, I don't blame him about wanting to get out of there. I have no idea who's calling or not. We'll wait a couple of minutes and uh, hopefully, I mean, at this point, we'd sit here all day. I actually like this. And what I also like is I'm not repeating the same thing over and over and over again, because that's what you would expect. Or I would think that you would expect that. People would expect that, but no. The religious freedom, to me, I mean, of all the things, there's so many horrific things that happen there. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, I've heard, I mean, you can go look at the past episodes and even reading uh, Preacher's Wife blog. She, uh, I think she still wants to remain nameless, but read her writings. You can go to, uh, under articles at joshuatbergland.com and you can see her blogs. Um, I publish her blogs for her so we can get the message out. It's just, <laughs> I understand that everybody's innocent in prison. I know how that works. <laughs> that's because that's what people say. And that's the joke. And that's a stereotype. He, this gentleman that was just on, said that he wants out. He doesn't belong there. There's a lot of people that don't belong there that were never actually charged with a crime, but they're locked away in a shadow prison and they have no hope of getting out, or at least on the surface, it looks like that. There's other people that serve their time already. They got out of jail. They went on and lived their life. Daniel comes to mind. Shout out to Daniel. Shout out to your mom. Also, Mary. But... They served their time. 
that they were charged to serve. And by the way, some of these crimes are, weren't like molesting children. It wasn't that. You can't not, the, these the people that are in the shadow prison are not, all of them are not child molesters. It's not how this, this problem works. So please erase that from your head. Now, were some people inappropriate? Yeah, yeah, they were. Like slapping a girl on the butt or something like that. They go, they serve their time for that. And I'm not saying that that's right. So chill out. You know, you serve five, six, seven, eight years in prison for slapping a girl on the butt that's underage. You've served your time. You've learned your lesson. How many of you have done stupid stuff when you're drunk? I know that's not an excuse, but I asked you a question. How many of you do? How many of you did stupid things when you've been drunk? Okay. How many of you done stupid things on cocaine, or meth, or angel dust, or anything else that you could have done? Peyote. I don't give a crap. How many of you done stupid stuff under the influence? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We all know. We all know that some people, when they get high on cocaine and meth. They go around and they do things they shouldn't do. Still, I don't know, give up their body, pour themselves out. I don't know. I mean, those are, that's what I did. Um, like people do awful things when they're under the influence. So you serve eight years in prison for a mistake you make. And then to live your life on the outside for two years, doing nothing wrong. Have a family. You're paying your taxes. You're an upstanding citizen. And then you get thrown in a shadow prison because of some law change in this civil commitment rule. There's people that are being held that have not done a thing wrong. There are some people that have done things wrong, but they've served their time. The shadow, the shadow prison crap, the civil commitment rule and law, there's two versions of it. They're both wrong. We're giving psychotherapists way too much power to decide and dictate what is right. Is this person mentally ill or not? They literally have the power to throw people in jail with no trial. That is a lot of power for a therapist to have that is really, I mean, sometimes it depends on your training that that you have that will help sway your opinion to be one way or the other. But also everyone is for sale. It's a corrupt industry. The whole civil commitment scam is fraudulent. And there are people making a crap ton of money off of this, enslaving people. That's what they're doing. So. If that doesn't get you upset, because I understand there's a lot of things to be upset about out in the world right now. But let me ask you this. How would you feel if your religious liberties were taken from you? Now, here's the thing. I don't believe that we need, I want to make this clear. I don't believe I need statues or peyote or symbols or crosses or images of what people think Jesus looks like to worship. Like, I think personally, religious freedom is a is an oxymoron because religion by nature is, is prison, in my opinion. 
However, that's me. That's me. That's what I believe. There's Christians that need their crosses. I don't get that. To me, that's idolatry. But if somebody uses sage and smudging, and they use smudging, and it's part of the prayer ritual and ceremony, which, by the way, that is very much a part of Native American spirituality. And they've been practicing it way longer than I've been alive and way longer than Christianity existed or uh, Islam or any of these other major religions. I mean, it's been around forever. And they've held to it. Like this has remained important to Native Americans forever. So to go in, it, it, it's, you know, it's one thing to take the land. Oh, we're going to give you casinos. Like that's going to make up for what freaking happened. They're erasing native. They're at the track. I mean, there's a lot of civilizations and a lot of different um, people that it's like they're trying to eliminate off the face of the planet. But Native Americans seem to get it harder than anybody. I don't. I don't. And look, and I understand African Americans. You got through a lot, and I don't even know how you can compare. I mean, as a white dude, I can't compare the, the, them. I can't, I don't know what's worse, but I know I'd be pissed. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pissed off the more I learn about my own history that I've been lied to about. <laughs> the, this truth mission that I'm on, I, I find out more and more crap every day that I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is why I, I had this force down my throat as if I'm to believe that this is the gospel itself. No. It, 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 it screwed up. And I, I live, like the area I live in, I'm I'm like, we spend so much time on tribal land. Um, my, work, my wife works for the tribe. We go to the gym at the tribe. We do everything. Like we go to the tribe grocery store. Like we're, I mean, we're around the community all the time and I love them. And it's like, I gotta tell you, I've hated living in Minnesota until I loved living downtown, but I had not met a community of people that I felt comfortable with at all until I moved out by tribal land. And I spent a lot of time here and I get to see how important their beliefs are to them. I see how important uh, people that are Muslim, like how important their faith is to them. And I see the same with Christianity. And even though my beliefs are different, I have respect for all of them because it takes courage to have faith. It takes courage to believe in something. I believe there's a better way. That's my opinion. I mean, I'm very, I have to be very, very careful about rituals. Like I, I, I'm like that. I, I love the, the setting the, I mean, creating an altar <laughs> or sorts. Like I had my own way that I like to pray that I, that helps me feel connected to God and I don't want that to be messed with. Uh, fortunately, I don't need anything external to do that. Now, if I can find a couple things, because um, I, I do, I, I like sage. I like the smell of it, but you know, I do like that. I, I, it, it, I like the ritual of smudging my room in this area. I just do. I don't have any 
like belief that it does anything necessarily, but I almost, it, it helps me get into more of a meditative state. And I like that because then I can have better prayers or a better prayer life when I take the time to go through that scenario. It's like it helps switch something on my brain. If I didn't have that, I mean, I don't need it to pray. I don't need it to feel close to God, but I mean, well, it helps a little bit. Oh, we have another call. Hello, this is a prepaid debit call from. Oh, it's going to be hey, another surprise. Hey, I, well, why do you have a dog? The call will now be second. Thank you for using GPL. Hello. Hello, who am I speaking to? Hello, nice to have you here, man. Nice to be Yeah. The floor is yours, man. Talk about any that you can say anything you want to say. You can say hello to anyone you want to say. I mean, literally, this opportunity is for you to speak freely. Well, I'd like to say hello to my family, first and foremost, uh, Paula Olson, Alan Olson, Randy Olson, Lori Olson, uh, Kira Olson, Seth Olson. i also like to say hello to uh, Nicole Crumb. You know, just say hi to all my friends and family back at home. Right on. Where's home for you, man? Uh, down in Worthington, Minnesota. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, what's on your heart, man? So I want to ask you something that or actually bring this point up. It doesn't make sense to me that like an AA, for instance, like when people go to one of those programs and they surrender to something that is more powerful than them. They, they don't name, they don't have to name God, but they surrender to a higher power. And that's like the staple of that. And that's a big part of therapy and rehabilitation is surrender and believing in a higher power. That's like conditioned in us. So for them to have the nerve to interfere with your spiritual practice, which if they were really a treatment program, they should be encouraging. However, they're not. To me, that is another example proving that they are not a rehabilitation program. It's another slavery program. Yeah, that's, that's 
exactly what it is. You know, it's it's basically a warehouse where we're meant to die, and that's about it. Can you say why? Like, what is the? I know that there's there's a lot of money to be made for some of the people that are at the top of this, but what is the? Is there another reason why they want to enslave you all and just let you die in a warehouse? that lets out a bunch of guys who have sex offenses or who committed sex offenses in their past and, you know, try to atone and make up for their own mistakes move past that part of their life. And basically what it is is that they look at us all the same, put us underneath an umbrella that we're just going to go out and do everything again. And to be honest with you, about seven years, kind of a thing. I mean, we've gone through multiple programs. We've done so much and we've grown so much in our, in our life, in our past, that that's the bad thing on our mind. Well, but but some of you all have already served your time and then were like on the streets living your life with your families and so forth and you got swept up in a raid when you were innocent and thrown in there like so how in the hell does that happen like that the, what is the reason because they that at that point you've proven that you're no longer a threat so how in the world can they possibly say this is right like, how could they even justify this to anyone? I don't think you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm one of those people where I made a mistake when I was out, and I ended up going back to in the drinking the bar and all that. That was my fault. But the fact of the matter is, I've done so much time since then, and I've grown so much since then. And for them to look the same way they did back then, I mean, come on. That's stuff like years ago. Like, I've, I've shown you guys on multiple things Yeah, that's awful. Can you um are you are now are you doing any of the treatments or have you uh decided not to do that? The the current treatments there. Man, I, I, I honor you for that. Do you care to share? Um, like, what if what has been something that would surprise most people that you've learned in the treatment program? Um, one thing I've learned in this treatment program is that from, um, I had a, I was living a very reckless life, and it wasn't this place that made me realize that, or it is this place that has made me realize that I will do anything I possibly can to never be that person again. And I think that's the thing that's most surprising to me. Is the fact that this is such a serious and horrible secret tactic that it just shakes your whole foundation. And it, it, it totally just rips you apart. And, you know, and I'm glad that in a sense that I did learn that here. Because I'm telling you right now, this is something in here that there's nothing their program itself is designed for people who have never had treatment in their, in their day in their life, they don't understand it. Designed for people with lesser intelligence, 
is designed for people who uh, basically want to go on to a continuous loop, continuous loop uh, of and no results. And that to me has been the most disgusting, the most disgusting thing I've learned about this place. I want to hold everybody in this continuum. And realistically, you can ask any type of surveyor, any type of psychologist, anybody out there. Three to five years of treatment, anything more than that becomes detrimental. Becomes indoctrination at some point, right? Do they do, do they use abusive language towards you all? I know that probably sounds like a weird question, but do they? I mean, do they tell you that you're always going to be pieces of shit and you're always going to be whatever the negative words people can say about you? I mean, do they do that kind of to you as part of their brainwashing and conditioning? I never but then again, I, I rarely do them unless I have to. <laughs> yeah. I observe that where it isn't the treatment. You know, you got security staff that'll say that type of stuff to them. And, you know, there's been other security staff members and there's other, there's also been guys at the top who have basically made it very clear that we're nothing but a paycheck. Now, is it true that some of the uh, staff hooks up with some of the residents there? Yeah, I actually have um, in the one of, in the Texas facility. I have a bunch of emails from one of the employees sharing about that. How that's very common. Yep. What does that do? Is that is that in itself kind of a psyop like mind f to have you know you're in there as sexual prisoners or whatever, and then you're and then people are sleeping with the staff while they're also. You know, I mean, like, they're technically your authority there, and yet here they are hooking up with you, but you're supposed to be these dangerous sex offenders. Yeah, I don't, that, I, I personally, I, I don't understand what their thought process was behind it. <laughs> I will say this, I've a lot of staff members in here that have been intentionally, they won't ever admit it, obviously, but intentionally they've been looked at, or they hire these honeypots, these know staff that fit into you know like that look like they're teenage girls which happens to a lot of people's offending cycles in here and you know they're always constantly wanting attention and all this other stuff you know it's just bound to happen at some point in time where it's gonna happen where they're gonna hook up well because the per the perp switch is real i mean you show a guy a straight especially a straight guy of course bisexual guys would be the same way let them stare at boobs or an ass or if that's what they're into long enough eventually it's gonna like make them go crazy there's a lot of that as well. Jeez. That feels like entrapment. That's a that's abusive. It's an entrapment. It's and I understand how easy it is to say, well, you should you should be a grown up and control yourself. But I also know I know the humans pretty well and everyone is tempted by lust of some kind. And when you're shoving what people like in their face, Eventually, they're going to want to take a bite of the apple, so to speak. It's just, it's, it, that doesn't feel fair. And I know life isn't fair, but that just seems like psychological warfare to me. You are 100% correct on that. 
Good God. And it's psychological warfare. I mean, the, the lawsuit that this, this on is placed right now because of the of their treatment, their supposed treatment, and the due process violations that they have here is absolutely astounding. And the way that they treat, like, the way that they bring these staff in here just specifically it's absolutely astounding. What, what would you say for you helps you keep hope alive? Because you seem to have a fighting spirit about you still. You seem to have your wits with uh, with with you. Um, and you're not letting this place beat you down into where you want to give up now. What is helping you maintain hope? Family. All I care about the most are the people that have been there for me and the people that are all that's what my that's what my main focus is on. I love to hear that. Even that go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. That is my hard to accomplish in here because there's so many roadblocks that they try to put up to prevent it. Yeah, I can tell you on my end, and I don't know, I know that there's, or, you know, you guys have the organizations, uh, some of them that have been born out of MSOP, and then there's other organizations around the country. Um, but I, I've been a part of some of those meetings and I can tell you, and I published one person's blog out of Texas, um, uh, who's writing, whose husband's locked up. And, um, I can tell you that more and more every day, people are starting to pay attention to what's happening there. The families are fighting, the families are using their voices. Um, so I love the fact that you haven't given up hope, but I want to tell you, I want to make this very clear that there's people on the outside that are helping fight for you all too. Uh, because they know what's happening is wrong. And mind you, it's not the masses and it's not the majority or anything like that. But there's enough people, I believe, that have hope and believe and this. There's momentum uh, that is working in y'all's favor. And not to give you a bunch of hopium or anything, but I do believe that good things are about to come for you all. Well, definitely. I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that there's so many people out there fighting for us. All I can say is from the bottom of my heart. I thank all of you guys for fighting for us. That's awesome. Do you have anything else you want to share? Uh, no, that'd be it. I'd like to thank you for uh, giving me the time on this uh, on this podcast. I it, appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. I'm glad that you called. All right. Thank you. I will make the next one. Get ahead. Get the whole gift as possible. Yes, sir. Thank you. You have one minute remaining. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hmm. I can't imagine trying to do even what I do without my family. I wish I would have appreciated family when I was younger, the way I do now, because I'd probably be able to enjoy more of my family. But I'm grateful for what I have now. And for the record, for those of you who are wondering why in the hell I would, you know, be entertaining a bunch of uh, quote unquote sex offenders on my broadcast, it's because I, I mean, when I first learned about this a year, a little over a year ago, I wasn't excited about it. 
but wanted to, to learn. And it was uncomfortable for me because I've been molested by men and women. And, you know, I've got my own dark past. I wasn't a kid toucher and do anything like that. But my deviancy, I mean, I'm not in the, the I don't want to compare, but I can't say that the things that I did were any better. I mean, I just, I allowed people to defile me willingly over and over and over and over and over again when I was high on drugs. And like the more drugs I had, the more I was willing to defile myself. My behavior was disgusting. My behavior was gross. And I did enough drugs that it made me believe I was having fun. So much so that even having getting HIV didn't keep me from feeling this way or doing the things that I was doing. It didn't make me go, oh, what you're doing is gross. No, not at all. It just made me want to push the pedal to the metal so I could die faster. How God changed my life, I still don't know. I mean, I'd done the work, I do the work. I was committed to the work and committed, I am committed to the work. But I mean, it's just amazing to think about how far gone I was, how awful I was. And to think that I've been given another chance and I've had the opportunity for the last seven years to work to rehabilitate my life. I feel honored. And that's why I've been given an opportunity. And I believe that these guys deserve an opportunity also. I mean, I'm sure there's some that belong locked up in a place like that. But you know what? I haven't met one yet. Every story I've heard today in all the other broadcasts that I've done. I am. Um, I don't know if anyone else is calling. Made it sound like somebody could. <laughs> um, I'm going to push pause for a second. So I'm not just sitting here letting dead air <laughs> float in the atmosphere. Um, I'll be right back. All right, looks like we have another call. Hello, this is a prepaid debit call from... Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be connected. Thank you for using GTL. Hello? Hello, who am I talking to? Uh, you're speaking with Guy Green. Hi, Guy Green, how are you? Oh, I'm well. Perfect. It is, and you are on the air, sir. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here, 
And uh, the floor is yours. You you can share anything on your heart. You can say hello to anyone you want. The floor is yours. If I feel led to ask a question, I will, but this is your opportunity to speak. Um, and I've been civilly committed at uh, the MSLP program now for over 17 years. And I've been really struggling and, and uh, suffering a tragic miscarriage of justice here with my people. There's a, there's a group of uh, at least 50 uh, indigenous uh, people here from the indigenous community that are also suffering like um, the boarding school stuff, you know, where we can't really speak our language, can't pray what we want, they don't incorporate our treatment, our culture into our treatment, things like that. So it's really, it's a really difficult balance to, to, uh, to learn such a beautiful culture, to learn to practice empathy and love others. And through my, through my sweat lodge teeth, the drum and the pipe ceremonies and to be in a situation where they're supposed to offer treatment within two or three years is really a black eye to the medical community to what America stands for you know we, we, we're the teachers of, of human rights you know we, we look out for other countries and here we are in, in our own backyard and the stuff that's going on back here it's really sad and, and tragic that uh, human life has just been thrown away to the wayside in, in a warehouse operation for basically just a bunch of social movements that the politicians have created. And, you know, we're basically just political prisoners here um, waiting for some kind of adjudication in court or someone to follow the Constitution or someone to protect our rights and, um, and my teachings tell me that you know love is the answer and I come from a very a rich culture I'm Ojibwe you know I'm from the white fan of Ojibwe and I, I've just started I've been practicing these ways for 30 years and I'm just now coming to the real, realization that I'm just a spiritual baby and all this stuff I'm just learning about this stuff and that I don't have control over nothing and that the spirits, they control everything. This is the creator's will, what's happening here, and it's a message to America. It's a message It's a message to society, what can happen when there's no checks or balances in our government. So that's the message I have today, and that, you know, we, we look for support in any way. Uh, I don't know, if we can write the Department of Justice, we don't even know how to
you know, they'll watch over us. Hey, I want you to know. I want you to know that I am most grateful. I've I've enjoyed everyone that I has called today. I am most grateful for your message because your message aligns most with mine. Um, and I, I respect others' messages, absolutely, but I want you to know the energy in which you're speaking with and the place that you're coming with, to me, um, I believe that's the force that's going to bring healing, it's going to bring truth, and it's going to bring justice. So please stay the course of where you're at, my man. Please stay the course. Blessings, bro. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for using GTF. He's the only one that I've heard talk about this. I admire that. I would imagine that that's a tough message to deliver. He's like the, um, <laughs> he's like the Paul of Native American spirituality. Well, that's probably not the right <laughs> it's probably not the right example um but i mean i was being tortured they're being tortured and here he is still preaching the message of love and it feels good to hear that it feels good to hear someone talk about love and they're locked in a place with no love i just so much respect for that so much respect for that i've i've actually enjoyed every one of these people that have called these people the, the gentlemen that have called today i've i've enjoyed every one Let's see if there's another call be right back all right looks like we have another call Hi, Joseph. Yeah, this is uh, Joseph Goodwin. Hi, sir. You are live on the air and uh, grateful to have you here. Uh, this op. I I don't have any ob objective other than giving you guys a platform to speak and share whatever's on your heart. You can say hi to anyone you want to say hi to. Uh, really, the floor is yours. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, what, uh, wait, are you? Uh, what would I say? Oh, I've been here for since 05, 18 years. Wow. Oh, 
then uh, combinations would be made because they have to be at a funeral home or they have to be at a spa to see them on the deathbed. I asked a couple of times, one time to see him or see, uh, see my mother at Okay, is there anyone that you want to say hello to or anything like that? Okay. okay. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Is there any more people calling? Right, sir thank thank you for your time bye-bye thank you for using gtl there's more people calling this is a free call from a client at the most likely secure treatment facility to accept this free call press zero to Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be connected. Thank you for using PTL. Good afternoon. Hi, Tony. Welcome. I'm doing great. Yeah, you are on the air, so I'm uh, grateful to have you here. And you are welcome to say hello to anyone you want to say to. I mean, honestly, this is an opportunity for you to share what's on your heart and say anything you feel led to say. No censorship or anything. Speak freely. A little bit about uh, that old prison here. I've been locked up now for almost 30 years. In that 30 years of time, I have seen 970.
know, Thank you, sir. Thank you for using GTL. That was that was quicker than I thought. <laughs> we'll see if anyone else calls. Hey, Russell, how are you? Good. Uh, the floor is yours, man. We are we are live, or not live, but we are on the air. And uh, uh, really, you can share anything on your heart uh, and say hi to whoever you want. The floor is yours. Yeah, I'll say hi to Destiny, Yana, Paradise, Avion, and Mira, and the rest of the Nelson and Hat family. I love you guys, and I miss you, and Dan's working on So when we go in front of 
um, when we petitioned for a lesser stick of that end or um, a reduction in custody to either preparation uh, program in the state, Peter Campus, um, where we supposed to work on reintegration and uh, our discharge process. Wow. But then you will make these sustainable factors. The thing is that, um, well, you still pose a risk to society because you got to work on managing this sector, this sector, this sector. So the dynamic perspective can be things like involved to be um, failure to uh, cooperate with rules of supervision, um, negative emotionality, and what they're using in the program, specifically in MSOP, is they're using like minor rule effects. So say a guy goes to Gaw Hall and he brings a catch up packet back to the unit and uses John on some 40 baht on the minimum or um, the case comes someone uh, outside the unit or in the hall giving someone a hug and they don't know what that hug is about but they try to write it in their court to continue to have some sexual conversation when really that peer could be given a hug, another peer a hug because they had a death of family or going through something difficult but they'll write them up in a way that it's uh, those people present and they get pretty detailed with I've written documents, I've kind of sent out um I just recently sent them all last month to um professors around the country. And just today I got a response from the National Institute the National Institute for the Study of Study Prevention and Signal Sexual Trauma. And the response is from uh Fred S. Berlin. He's an associate professor with the John Hopkins University School of Medicine Congress, um, the John Hopkins Special Social Clinic Director, and the National Institute for the Study of Prevention and Treatment of Sexual Trauma. And he wants, in his letter, he's asked me to set up a time to call and speak with him about this document that is, that is sent out, saying that here's how these programs are keeping people locked up. They're, they're scoring on, on these historical static factors that aren't capable, and they're omitted. The changeable dynamics of So, um, you think of a like a medical way that term is. Um, who are diagnosed with cancer go on for treatment, right? Mm-hmm. So when they get that when they get that chemo treatment and they rehabilitate, and the doctor checks them again and says, "Are right, your cancer's in remission? We're going to stop the chemo treatment." Same concepts that apply here. When a person no longer sold or signed symptoms of that disorder, they cause clinically significant impairment in social, obstacles, or other areas of life, they should be discharged. Saying, well, even though they're not showing signs symptoms of the West disorder, we're going to, regardless if there's any illness or not, but if I had a way to send you this document, really surprised because I, I took like the last um, couple of weeks and I broke it down in a step-by-step process and I've got eight steps laid out of how, it, uh, how they're getting away with keeping these locked up here. Then it, 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 it starts at the initial commitment all the way to any time that someone petitions for transfer to CPS or a provisional discharge or a full discharge. Wow. Um, is, is there somebody that I would love to see that there's got to be a way, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would love to have it. 
if if possible. Yeah, do you know uh Daniel has my address. Alright, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll I um he has all my information and I would love to get that and I will definitely do something with it. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. One of the biggest things that I recognize is like reaching out to people and educating people. And one of the things I've experienced in this program is um, they hate it when we educate the public. They hate it when we educate our peers on the real causes for why we're keeping us locked up. This guy's been in this program so long and back to the point that there's a doctrine fight that people That's the worst, man. It's like, it's kind of reminds me of, uh, for not to be disrespectful at all, but how religion sometimes keeps people sick and keeps them living in shame and fear and under judgment. And, you know, it, it, and it's just like it keeps people stuck and it's just conditioned that, like, you're always going to be a no good sinner or whatever else. Like, when I hear you talk, that's what it sounds like to me. And that, that's part of the problem that we have is we just beat beat people down and make them believe things that are just not true about themselves. And I hate that. And especially because you're stuck there and you got to deal with it all day long. That's that's got, I can't even imagine. How are you keeping your spirits up? Is it by fighting the way that you're the fighting in the only way that you can? Or how is it? Oh, like there was a while ago, like, Two or three years ago, I was, I was talking with my oldest daughter about this, and she was, I was telling her that I don't know how I'm able to like keep going. I mean, I've had a lot of time traumatic conditions. I've lost my wife for 17 years. My mother passed years later, and the program denied me to attend both of the funerals. And um, when I was talking with her about it, I was talking about the one-on-one work that I do with guys on their treatment work and stuff, and some of their legal stuff, and like. Dad, it sounds like you in a father role that you need sharing with us or the responsibility to be sharing with uh, her and her sibling and I have a five day here. And the way she explained it was like it was crucial, man, just gonna cry. Oh God. Man, I uh I don't I, I just I have Today, probably of all the days, I, I think that I've gained even more respect for you all. Um, I've gotten to hurt, hear multiple different stories and, uh, you know, different points of view. And, you know, I just admire you all for standing up and doing everything that you can. And um, to keep hope alive, to look after each other. And, um, you know, I, I have a lot of admiration for you all. And I, I know you know this, but you know there's people on the outside that are fighting, and it's not the majority or anything like that. But there's a lot of very passionate people that care about you all and know what's happening isn't right. And um, you know, I, I believe that good things are coming for you all.
shows that all the work that I'm doing and all the support that we receive from one another here as well as well here. Never, what we're doing is and when I first came into the program, my whole concept was about prevention. I, I made some bad choices in my life. What can I do to be a part of it? So I want to have much and I think based on um, all the research that I've done on the actual recidivism percentage of people who commit crimes of the sexual nature is so low that we can be better served in a community with say the hundred billion that goes with this program. If that hundred billion was put into important in the community, whether it's based on the survivor service. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you guys should definitely have. I mean, with all that money that's being spent and keeping you all there, I would think that some of it could be used for actual proven treatments that work. Uh, not the psychological warfare that's happening there that's keeping people or breaking people down, stealing their spirit and, and, and taking their soul from them. You know, there's just got to be a better way. I personally think that facility needs to be destroyed, not with you all in it, but <laughs> I think it needs to be destroyed and wiped off the face of the planet because it's it's clear that it's not doing what it says it's supposed to do. scheduled with um tomorrow i have i have more of you all coming on tomorrow yeah i don't know what time but yeah i i, I will be talking to more people tomorrow i don't know how many are scheduled i don't even know how many i was supposed to talk to today <laughs> no no one gave me information i've just been uh sitting here and my phone's ringing so um okay oh cool well, hey, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for all of you, and we're doing all that we. I, I, I like I said, there's people fighting for you on the outside, and uh, you know I'm going to help any and continue to help any way I am able. Very bad. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. 
No. All right. One more. I don't know how well you all heard the hymn. He didn't come through as clear. Try to enhance this in the audio. Oh, my heart hurts for them. Just hurts. All right. Last call for the day. Hello. This is a prepaid debit call from... Calls are subject to monitoring and may be recorded. Your call will now be connected. Thank you for using TTL. Yeah, Jeremiah Johnson here. What's up, man? Well, just we all live on different units and so you know we can't communicate immediately like what we would like but i'm glad everything went off without a hit today and i'd like to give a couple shout outs to some people who are important in our movement and i'd like to give a shout out to sarah Brown. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to talking to you all tomorrow, and uh, and I, I really am grateful to have gotten to hear from the Native American community uh, and how important, um, you know, their rights are to them, their spiritual practice. Uh, that perspective was really refreshing to hear. A message of love um, and, and hope was delivered today. I just I'm indebted to I'm I'm indebted to all of you all and uh, I'm really really grateful for the messages you guys delivered today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Josh, and all the listeners. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. I'm a member of Boysport Band of Chippewa from Boysport, Minnesota. I'm from the Vermilion side. Uh, my mother's Kathy Johnson. My father's Robert Johnson. And thank you all very much. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye bye. Thank you for using GPL. Well, that wraps up this uh, version of live from MSOP. We'll be doing it again tomorrow. Thank you for being here. God bless you all. Bye bye. <laughs>